Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. As a busy mom, I need style, simplicity, and convenience when it comes to my wardrobe. And I'm so glad that I learned about Modern Mom Style Box. It's been a game changer for me. It's a monthly clothing rental subscription service where you stock your virtual closet and receive a box of cute styles that you've selected. You can try them on and either hang on to them for the month, you can purchase them at a reasonable price, or you can just return them in a prepaid shipping label when you're done. And you can receive multiple boxes with your month's subscription. Sizes go up to 4X and they have popular brands like Ann Taylor, Banana Republic, French Connection, and more. I want you to try it yourself for free for one month. So head on over to www.modernmomstyle.com to start your free trial today and tell them that Nicole from Mamas Know Best sent you. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. This is a very, very special episode as we will be tackling all things relationship in honor of February being Valentine's Day. So I have two very special guests on, Mr. Mark and Mrs. Carlina Smith, who met while in advanced individual training for the United States Army back in 2005. They've been married for 14 years and have been together for 16 years total. They have three children, ages 18, 13, and 12, and live just outside of D.C. Mark and Carlina, welcome. How are you? Hey, Nicole. Thank you so much for having us. Yes. Are you both doing well? Everything's good? You're nice and keeping cool in D.C.? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. A little too cool. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to make sure that we maintain our warmth inside our home inside the home i can imagine and i know the weather's been crazy everywhere like it snowed and even here it was super cold and then it got like rainy and hot again and i'm like what is going on it's just crazy crazy yeah we tried to escape to florida but uh unfortunately the weather wasn't much warmer there (laughs) so yeah (laughs) when you guys left you must have taken it with you because now it's been hot and humid and rainy okay so let's jump right into it First off, and either Mark or Carlina, whoever wants to answer and jump in, I know you've been married 14 years and together for 16 years. Why don't you discuss how you both met? Well, I'll go ahead and I'll give my version first because it's (laughs) the truth. Pretty much, you stated that we met in AIT, Advanced Individual Training. I had just gotten back from airborne school, which was a requirement for my MOS, my job placement in the Army. And uh, we were actually sitting outside the barracks on some bleachers after uh, we returned and Carlina's bus pulled up. And I guess they were staying in the same housing, the same billets that we were. So, you know, I was sitting there with my buddies and I saw Carlina get off the bus and she walked by. I thought she was cute. So I kind of signaled to her as, you know, like, call me. You know, I didn't know her name. I've never seen her before, but (laughs) it obviously left a lasting impression because that weekend we went down to the commissary and we were able to go shopping or whatever. And I was actually in the UPS store sending a package back home 
And uh, she walked in and she said, hey, Smith. And I turned around and the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. Really? And Carlina, how did you feel when he kind of signaled and you saw him? I Honestly, I thought he was really cocky. Because it's like, you're telling me to call you. I have no idea what your name is. I have no idea where to find you. You know, just the normal things. You know, it's like that pickup line. And it's it was funny. So then going into the commissary, which for us is kind of like an area that has a whole bunch of stores. Kind of like a mini mall, if you really think about it. And there was a UPS store and I was walking by with my friends. I looked in and I happened to see him. So I was like, oh, there's the guy. So I went in and I was like, hey, Smith, how you doing? And he was like, hey, how are you? And then we exchanged numbers. And then he called, he got his friend to call me to make sure that my, I gave him the right number. So it was so funny because we were older, but it was like, we were still doing this little teenage shenanery. <laughs> so then, wait, you said he gave you your number. So who, so you called him? His friend called me. Ah, okay. That's right. So his friend calls you and then... Was it, I don't want to say love at first sight. Well, obviously he kind of thought you were cute and you're like, ah, I think he's cocky, whatever. But how many conversations did it take for both of you to be like, okay, I like this girl or I like this guy and let's dive into it. Or was it like a, a lot of courting on Mark's part? Well, for me, it was just a vibe. We vibe pretty much right mm -hmm. off the bat. So as far as, you know, is this the one and all that, it wasn't a thought in my mind. The funny thing is, the first time I realized I, I, I had feelings, I want to say love, but, you know, I had real feelings for Carlina was actually after an argument we had and we almost kind of split ways, you know. So it's ironic how that works is that, you know, we were just vibing and everything was good. I look forward to the nighttime conversations after training. I definitely look forward to the weekends when I could see her, which I guess you could call a sure. courting process. But as far as feelings, it, it was after an argument. And we almost said, you know, let's forget it. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> and it was me saying, I, you know, I, I don't want to let this girl walk away right now. So yeah. that was the first yeah. time that that seed was planted that I really had feelings for Carlina. And from that point on, the whole dynamic changed for me anyway, because now it was like a wake up call. It was like, hey, I have genuine feelings for this girl. So <laughs> I have to treat her with caution. I have to, you, you understand what I'm saying? It couldn't of just course. be, you know, but initially the vibe was there. We had a lot of things in common. We were both from New York. Lies. <laughs> Lies. That was, that was what made it interesting. He told me he was from New York, but then he was Canadian and he was Jamaican. So it's like, are you really serious? Like how, how do all those things work? Yeah. So it was more on my end. It was more wanting to get to know who he was and have a good time and see how all the, you know, all the pieces fit. But then of course, for me, I brought all my baggage, put it on my back and brought it with me. And there in lied a lot of difficulties in the beginning that Mark was alluding to, but eventually we decided that it was something worth trying to get through. Yeah. And how, how long do you think that process took? And I'm going to tell you a little bit like with Jaron and I, because I brought a lot of baggage as well. And I don't want to say women tend to more than men, because I think either party can bring baggage, depending on what it is, either from a previous relationship, it could be childhood issues, whatever it is. But how long do you think that was like months wise? Was it a year that it was of the vibing? And then, you know, Mark, you realizing like, wait a minute, I do care about this girl. And I really don't want to lose her. I don't want to know where this is going to go. But I want to continue whatever this is. How long do you think that time frame was? It was a little under a year. 
It was a little under a okay. year. It was the first apartment after training. Remember, we met in training. So uh-huh, uh-huh. the stars aligned for us because I believe Carlina was supposed to go to Korea mm-hmm. then- from training. And she somehow manipulated that to where she didn't have to go. And we ended up moving in together to on-post housing. And then from there, we got our our first apartment together, which is when we actually had the fight. So it was it was just under a year, I would say. Wow, and that's that's pretty dope. So you have all that, and yeah, stars align, right? And Carlene, I think you did mention that to me. I mean, obviously, my my podcast community doesn't know, but you did mention that to me. I think one time when we were talking about our relationship of how we met, and you had said like you were supposed to go, but you ended up finagling is so that you could stay back. And yeah, the baggage, I think, is a big thing. For me, I brought a lot of insecurity from a previous relationship. And finally, Jaren was just like, listen, I am not him. (laughs) You know, I am not that guy. This is not that relationship. And you need to get it together. And it was a lot of self-reflection I had to do as well to be like, look, I care for him. And I don't want to be acting like a lunatic. When I say lunatic loosely, you know, it was just me having whatever insecurities or doubts or whatever it was. But yeah, he had to kind of put his foot down and be like, it's just not going to work. Like you're either going to trust me or you're not, or this is going to work or you're going to have to give wholeheartedly because I'm in. So are you in? And I had to really look deep and be like, okay, yeah. And then once that happened on my end, things were smooth sailing. Did you find that with you, Carlina, where ones like you guys said when you kind of came to that you were like, okay, let me let this or whatever it was, whatever that baggage was, and let me go full force and let go of my stuff. And then things started to kind of go the right way. No, (laughs) I will say no. And I I think it's more so because when young people go into relationships, they don't really consider the fact that their upbringing has a lot to do with that relationship, those important relationships that they're going to have in the future. So coupled with the fact that I had the attitude that nobody was going to tell me what to do, I wasn't going to be held down by no man, all those generational curses that were put into me by people around me and then by not really having a strong family foundation. So I kind of was rough around the edges and it took a lot to really, I don't want to say break me. I use that, you know, that term loosely, but it took a lot for me to come around and realize that just because I'm subservient doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a slave to my husband. Mm. It just means that I respect him and we, we have that mutual respect for each other so we can get through whatever we need to get through and we're on the same team. We're not opposing forces. That's so true. Okay, so you talk about growing up and we're we're taught kind of one thing and, you know, like you said, kind of not taking no BS. And I think I had a lot of that attitude as well because I came from a relationship that was emotionally abusive to some extent. So when I got out of that, I was like, yeah, no, the next relationship I'm in, like, I'm in control. Like I wasn't dealing with any kind of BS, but it put me too much at a level. So what age were you and Mark around this time? So Mark and I are actually nine years apart. He's older than me by nine years. And I was between 18 and 19, I believe. And he was what, 28? Yeah. And we we both had our ideas of what we thought relationships were. Obviously, he was a little bit, he was a lot more advanced in the relationship category. I had other relationships, but those are like teenage affairs. When you're going through it, it's like the end of the world, right? It's the be all end all. This is going to be the person that I'm going to be with for the rest of my life. But you have no, you really have no idea. It's that puppy love phase. So, you know, when I met Mark with him being older, 
it kind of put me into the realm where if I'm going to be serious about this, this is some big girl stuff. This is, this is no longer childish things. Now we're moved, we've moved onto something else, something that's going to be more serious. For sure. Okay. So may I ask, since you guys have been together total of 16 years, 14 years married, what do you think has been your biggest obstacle to date that you've had to overcome as a couple? Oh, that's tough because there's really been so many. Mm-hmm. We've experienced death in our families. We've had, you know, issues with our eldest and just internal things, baggage that we both brought into relationship, getting to a point where it's healthy communication. And and like Carlina said, is now we're not enemies. We're on the same team. It's just it's fighting fair. And you know, I hear it referred to a lot of time as fighting <clears throat> fighting fair. If I'm being honest, it's still an ongoing process, but. To pinpoint the hardest thing we've been through, I really can't pick one. Something that's extremely difficult for Carlina might not be as serious for me and vice versa. But the fact that we got to the point where we know that we're a team and we were able to face these things together makes it a little easier. But I just thank God. In in regards to hard things that we went through, I would say we went through the hardest part early out which I think is a lot different from a lot of other couples. A lot of other couples, they're together for a long time, and then you you hear about them starting to have issues later on down the road, whether it was things that were unresolved or resentments that Mm -hmm. built up. We got hit pretty hard in the beginning, in the very beginning. And at that point, it was literally just a choice. At some points, it was like, logically, why are we still together? You know, it came down to a choice. You, you you wake up in the morning, you say, I choose to love this person. I'm going to choose to love this person. I'm going to choose to stick things out. And it, it worked both ways. It was on both ends. And it was just kind of this roller coaster in the beginning, up and down. That was crazy. But for whatever <laughs> reason, neither one of us wanted to get off. I'm sure we did. But it would be a situation where one... wanted to be the first person right, to like jump one, off One would want to get off and the other one would fight. And then the other yeah. one would want to be done with it. And the other one would fight and be like, no, you know, and it got to the point where wow. it was just a choice that we made that we were going to stick things out and we were going to make it work. And I have to say that's the best decision for me personally that I've ever made in, in, in my life. I think for me, just realizing the fact that we were both on two different times, we're both like in two different seasons of, of our life. Right. And so you start the wheel where you have this little issue and it's like, you fix it. No, you fix it. No, you fix it. And then before you know it, nobody wants to fix it first because they don't want to be the first one to be vulnerable, so to speak. But then learning, going through the motions and learning how to, one person has to do it first. And it doesn't have to be something extraordinary. It could be something as little as just saying good morning in the morning. You know, I'm not a morning person. I prefer to be quiet. However, I know that my husband enjoys to be spoken to in the morning so just doing something as small as you know just saying good morning how did you sleep last night you know it doesn't have to be a rah-rah a party but just observing their needs and being willing to appease them for sure I think everyone I mean they have the different love languages and I think that's 
so important to understand because, I mean, that's a perfect example. You're not a morning person, but if you know that your husband would appreciate a good morning, and like you said, maybe not a full-blown conversation, and Jaren and I are very similar. Jaren's actually not the morning person, and I am. I I could wake up, I'm energized, I'm ready to go. I would, I remember when we first started dating, I'd be like, good morning, or, you know, like whatever, and he would look at me yeah, no. And like walk right past. (laughs) It was like not having it. But over time, you know, he had to realize like, well, she, okay, I can't just ignore her. And I'm like, no. So, you know, he would say good morning or whatever. It wouldn't be a full blown, like I'm in my zone. Like maybe he would, if he lived alone. Right. So I think there's a lot of compromise there. Did you guys have to seek outside resources? Did you have to go to therapy? Mark to allude to some of the things I know death is a big one that a lot of relationships, death, money, I think children, right. You know, anything in that way and money of someone losing their job, like those are big, things. anything you don't have um, control over yeah. is what it boils down to. And, and you For having sure. to realize that. Yeah. So yes, we did go through multiple our, times. Yes. We've been through our share of marriage counselors and we had a bunch of quacks and we decided, <laughs> you know, we've gone through everything from sitting there with a counselor who had written books and all they did for the, all the sessions would talk about them writing books. And we were going to give up on marriage counseling, but we decided to try one more time. And that last time we encountered someone who during the first session, you know, why are you here? And it's like, well, we're thinking about getting a divorce, but we're here. And he's, he's like, you know what? Well, how about this? If you guys are thinking about getting a divorce, then you might as well get a divorce. And I'll give you this free advice. Just get a divorce. Forget about it. If you're going to work on your problems, then divorce should not be anything that's on the table. We're going to work out these issues and we're going to push forward. If you use that word divorce as your escape plan, you're always going to find a reason of why you should get a divorce. Why the problem that is really not that serious is so serious that you need to get a divorce. And once, Oh my gosh, that's so true. Yeah. And once we started realizing that, you know, we realized that, hey, we found the counselor for us because he didn't have an issue. It wasn't a situation to where it was like, well, how do you feel about that, Carlina? And listening to what Carlina's saying, Mark, how do you feel about that? You know, we were able to really delve in and there were times where one of us would get kicked out of our session because we were, it got nasty, but we needed to unpack all of that in a safe environment in order to get us to a point where we made it to the same season. You know, we were on the same page. That was definitely difficult, but, you know, to mirror Mark's sentiments, it's one of the best things that I've done. For myself and my family, I believe. Yeah, no, to sit and fight. I think that's something, the accomplishment, and I'm sure to look back on your journey and to say, wow, like, look what we've been through, look what we've overcome, and we're still here. Look at this beautiful family, our children that we're raising. So since I asked about maybe your biggest obstacle, what do you think has been your greatest achievement? Has it been surviving or, you know, like what has been that thing that you guys have been super proud of? We could we could both answer that. I know for me, hands down, it's my kids. I was gonna hands say the down. same thing. You know, <laughs> I don't know if it was by choice that I made them my focus. You know, everything somehow in a couple degrees reaches back to them. Every decision I make, everything I do. You know, Carlina touched on it earlier and she says, you know, the things that we bring with us into a relationship from our upbringing. And my parents, I can't sit here and say I had a bad childhood. Both of my parents, they're still together. They're still alive, thank God. 
And, you know, they did the best they could. They're kind of old school, old school Jamaicans. You know, my father worked and that's, that's all he did. That's all he did was work. My mother took care of the house, you know, very outdated according to today's standards. With that, some things slipped through the cracks as far as parenting. Like my father was my hero when I was, when I was little, as I got older, he wasn't a bad person, but I also started to realize there was a lot of things lacking as far as parenting. You know, there was no conversations, no real encouragement, no real support. It was, you know, I'm working to put food on the table, make sure you're doing what you need to do. And you're like, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? What am I doing? What What's my path? All the things that now we try and focus on with our children. Exactly. So with that, that was some of the baggage I brought into this relationship was just that old school mentality. Like, hey, I work. I'm at home. I'm not cheating on you. That should be enough type thing. You understand? And I was way off the mark. And especially when the kids started coming into the picture now and they started getting out of diapers and they started developing their own personalities and whatnot. You say, hey, there's a lot more to this game than what's on the cover of the box. You understand? And I'll keep it short. You, you know, my, my kids, my kids, they're all three of them are different. They all have their own personalities. They all have their own goals. They all have their own set of issues and insecurities. And they all also all have their own strengths, you know? So to me, my biggest accomplishment or our biggest accomplishment is is our children and, and how they're thriving right now. Carlina, you said you agree. Any other sentiments you want to add there? No, I think that Mark definitely, he summed, he summed it up great for the both of us. <laughs> Ladies, are you tired of feeling overworked and under-recognized for your impact at work? And are you curious about how to do the inner work to own your worth so you can feel confident making the bold asks, negotiating for more, and creating your ideal career? Ashley Perret, a previous guest, is a successful leadership and negotiation coach who is offering you the special opportunity to experience the power of private coaching with her. She will give you the tools necessary to grow your career in your own terms by being authentic in tough conversations, building bridges through negotiation, and trusting that no is not the end. Head over to www.ownyourworth.com to book an exclusive 30-minute private consultation. Nice. So then let me ask, because my biggest thing, you know, Jaron and I, we've been together 10 years, married five. We just have one and he's four, but everything changed once my child was born. Everything. Right. And then Carlene, I'm sure you can attest being the mother. Right. Just because the whole hormonal, we're carrying a child and all the things that come after having a child. I struggled and I also struggled with Jaron, which was completely out of left field, because for me, I thought we did everything right. We dated for five years before we even got married. Then we had a, started a family. Like we hit all the boxes that I wanted to check this time around since I was married previously and everything changed after having Jace. There's like this quote that I heard that was like, you don't know how you're going to parent until you parent. And I had so much postpartum anxiety and things that Jaron did and a lot of resentment. He could do this and I couldn't do this and all these things. And it's been a, a little struggle. I would say we just started getting back to like who we were as Jaron and Nicole prior to Jace, maybe within the last year and a half. And that's, you know, I'm talking Jace, that was like almost two years that I got scared for a while. Like I was like, mom, are we going to whatever? What was that like, Mark, you alluded to that and saying, you know, after you had kids and they started to develop personalities, but relationship wise, how was that navigating 
this relationship and then you have children along with it, especially because, I mean, they're 12 and 13. So they were back to back. You did have about five years between the oldest and the middle. But how was that? So, so okay, you go, you go, babe. Our relationship is a little bit different <clears throat> because we were always a blended family because, you know, our oldest child it was mine, you know, and uh, Mark eventually adopted her. But so she was always part of the package. So gotcha. since the beginning of our relationship and we, we moved in together, it was always three of us. So we really didn't have that time to really, I guess, figure out who we were as a couple. It was always the three of us. Well, I feel like we figured out who we were as a couple, as a trio. Yeah. <laughs> because she was she was always there. So while me and Carlina were growing in our early stages of our relationship... We had a she third was, wheel. Yeah, she was, <laughs> Jay Marie was always there. And it's like we figured it out in the midst of that. And if I'm being 100% honest, I never really gave it too much of a thought. Yeah, I think so it, too. It, it was just, it was what it was. And <laughs> I, I mean, I remember early, early out before she came to stay with us because she was with my mom briefly while I was in training. And, you know, Mark and I discussed and he was like, you know, I'm not going to change her diaper and I'm not going to give her a bath and I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. And like you, like not you said earlier. Not because I'm a tyrant, just because she was a little girl and I felt a little yeah. uncomfortable. That's old school. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're like, eh, Context no, matters. No. Context matters. No, I was, I was getting to that. But like you said earlier, you know, you don't know how you're going to parent until you actually have to parent. I remember one of those first calls where I was out and he was with her and she was still in diapers and he had to change that diaper and he called and he was like, you know, you didn't make it home in time, but I had to change the diaper and it, it worked. It wasn't really something that I sat down and thought about. But I do acknowledge the fact that a lot of times, you know, we do because, we, you, you know, you just never know. As a mom, you, you just never know. And you, you want to have that protective, that little protective sure. cloak over your children. And But I'm a firm believer that God is covering me and, and my family. And so I, I pushed forward and had faith that everything would work in its own you know way. And it, and it did. And then, Mark, what was it like when you guys had your biological children together? Because, yes, Jay Marie, you adopted her. You've known her since she's, what, two years old? But what was that like now five years and then Carlina gets pregnant? What was that? Or was it just like you guys picked up along with it and you just went we, with it? I was just about to say that. We hit it, we hit it in stride. Because, like you said, nice. there was already like a five-year gap. So we were already our family unit. All the, I guess, what, what, do you, what would you call them, like butterflies or whatever of what, what it would be like to have a family. We came together and we were already a family. And we worked out. We had By that point, we've had five years of how we run our household. You know, we did everything together. And then when she told me that she was pregnant, the next child was my son Carter. So of course the second, I mean, I was, I was screaming in the, in the clinic, <laughs> the ultrasound tech came back and she said, you know, it's a healthy baby. Show me the heartbeat. And then, you know, every father's dream showed me his little, you know, little package. And I, and I screamed in the hospital. I was happy. So it just sent, it, it, it felt very natural. It felt like a natural progression mm -hmm. because by that time, it was a, yeah. we were already the three amigos and then it just seemed like this was the next progression by that point jay marie was excited about being a big sister yeah. but she really didn't understand that a baby is like a blank slate <laughs> 
she's like, no, I I don't want a brother. I want a sister. And then she got a sister and then she wanted to be, it was all downhill from there. She wanted to be the only kid again. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times they say that with, with multiple children, especially, I guess, if there's like the three. Okay. So let me ask, what has been your favorite part about being married and your least favorite part? If you have a least favorite part. So for me, I think my favorite part is going back and looking at the memories to see how far we've come. Because on the day-to-day, when you're going through the same things, when you're in a relationship for a long period of time, you go through cycles. And it almost seems like sometimes it's Groundhog Day. You know, some (laughs) of the issues that you had during the first couple years, you're still going to have now. You think you, you had them licked, but they, yeah, they, they pop like, back up. Yeah. It's like we're coming, we're coming back around the cycle again. Like one of the, one of yeah. the funny ones that we always, we go through every so often is the toilet paper roll. You would think <laughs> after 16 years, we have it correct. And Mark isn't over. And I'm just the, I don't care as long as there's toilet paper on the thing when I need it. <laughs> It doesn't matter if it's over or under. That's pure chaos. <laughs> but he's a serious. It has to be over. Why are you, you know, so 16 years later, yes, we're still arguing over the toilet paper roll. And now our kids just get into the argument, too. So it just makes it a little bit more fun. So I think for me, just to really see how much we've actually grown as a couple, but also how we've grown individually. Because a lot of times, you know, we we do a a lot, the majority of things together. And one of the things on the outside, looking at other couples and stuff, I noticed how they have their own, they have their girls' trips, they have their boys' trips, they they have their friends. Well, we're more of like the hermits. (laughs) We're more of like hermits. We stick to each other. You know, we know a lot of people, but we really don't hang out with them. You know, and having a conversation here and there is okay for us. But that doesn't mean that we haven't grown individually. And to be able to see that and social media is great at recording those things. So to be able to go back and see how far we've come, that's really something that is really exciting for me. Because I honestly, in the beginning, I never thought that I'd be looking at the same person 16 years later. I, I just didn't believe that. That's beautiful. Mark, what about you? Favorite thing about the marriage is the opportunities that we have to reconnect. I love to take these trips because like Carlina said, it's, it's like Groundhog Day. It's not, a, it's not a prison sentence, but, you know, things do get redundant sometimes, right? And you start wondering, you know, is this it? Is there more? And sometimes you need that little kick in the butt. You need that little reminder of like why we do all this, why we stay strong and why we stand fast right so all these little getaways and and trips and stuff allow us time that's one thing carly and i have always done being that when we met we already had an instant family we kind of figured out early on how to still make time for us mm-hmm. so that's a good point while we give 99 percent to our children we still reserve that one percent for us that it's essential if, if, if it's not a getaway this weekend or we don't go out to dinner, we still will lay down in the bed and we'll turn on Netflix and we'll Netflix and chill with our old asses, right? <laughs> and it's a way for us to reconnect. You know, we play footsie under the blanket. We cuddle. You know, she got her spot on my, on my left shoulder. I mean, it's those little yeah. things and you put them together. And the other thing, too, is the whole family thing, right? 
Every time there's a milestone, just off the top of my head, a couple years ago, I came home from work and it was my birthday. And I'm only remembering this because my birthday just passed. And I walked in the door and I could tell the kids were up to something because they had these grins on their face and it was, you know, shushing me. And I walked into the dining room and there was some balloons and, you know, they had dinner ordered and set out on the table and all those things. And, you know, it brought me to tears. Not because it was something super elaborate or expensive or anything like that, but just that's what I've been yearning. When I think of the word family and the word marriage, those are the things that really, that's what it's about. You know, it's not about a ring. It's not about the wedding and the dress and the honeymoon destination and all those kind of things. It's about, okay, you're married now. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. There has to be some benefit, and I don't say benefit in uh, in a greedy way where what's in it for me, but I say there has to be an upside, otherwise what's the point, right? And to me, it's every milestone, every memory, good deeds and acts and thoughts and thing, and just that overwhelming sense of if I don't have nothing else in this world, I still have what's right here in this house. And I, and I say that, I make sure Carlina and my children hear me say that. When I, and I say it a lot, I say, you know, everything that really truly matters to me is in these walls, is in this house. My favorite thing about marriage is just that having a partner for life, no matter what, having children that I can nurture and, and guide, you know, and they reciprocate it to me with undying love. So, hands down to me, that's the favorite thing. The creating the memories for your children because remember you said earlier of growing up in that old school household my father worked my mother took care of the home and it was very like this is what I'm doing they didn't know how to compartmentalize or you know say well I have to be a fa- I have to be a worker and all this so all of that of the of the memories that you're creating with your family I know for me that's very important because I I grew up with some vacations growing up and you know they kind of stopped as we got older and my sister and I still to this day and she remembers vacations when she was like eight you know, they, they imprint that those memories last. What do you wish you knew back then before getting married? Oh, or is there I'm going to let Carly answer this one because this one's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I'll say for me, what I wish, because I had been married before, was I wish I would have known that I think the child aspect just changed everything for us. And I wish we would have been better prepared. Like I would have liked to go, go to counseling for that. And maybe not particularly as far as bringing an extra person, you know, into like now things are going to change because we have this child to take care of. But just to have some counseling beforehand that would have maybe just prepared, maybe to maybe tell me like, you know, these things might happen or you might think of this so that while we're in the midst of it, I wasn't thinking like we were the only ones going through it. So that's something I wish I would have changed. I think I came in heavily prepared because I was married. And although my ex, there was cheating and all these things and one thing after the other, I always am a very self reflective person and I always take accountability no matter what, you know, like, why did I let this continue? Why did I do this? So there were a lot of things I learned that when I got together with Jaron, communication was key. So I try to make sure that if something is bothering me, I tackle it head on because I know resentment is like one of the biggest things of why relationships falter in any aspect, business, professional, family relation, you know, because if you don't tackle it, it festers. And when you fester, you blow up. And then when, you know, and then it escalates. So that's something I learned early on, which I've been very thankful for. But that's what what for me. So if there's anything that you maybe wish you would have known beforehand. I wish I would have known that I didn't need to hold on to my expectations 
so heavily, you know, so, so keep my expectations so close and be more judgmental towards my husband when my expectation wasn't being met. Growing up, there was a lot of communication, but it wasn't necessarily the right type of communication. It wasn't proactive. It was more so of like reactive. So understanding that my needs are not going to be met if I don't open my mouth. I wish I would have paid attention to that more. Being more assertive in the things that I wanted and not necessarily get upset when I didn't vocalize what I really wanted and try to figure out why I didn't get it. Actually, that's a good one because, yeah, I think a lot of times in general we have high expectations, whether it's, again, career, professionally, but particularly within our relationships and our significant others because we put this high expectation, like, you're supposed to know me, you're supposed to figure this out, and I don't need to tell you anything. You're supposed to just know. Yes, you don't know. You know? When you when you get married, you become mind readers. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like, no, you still have to be able to say, I need this, or even allow your partner to say, I'm feeling this way, right? So yeah, so that's a big one. Mark, you you said you're not touching that? I mean, let's be honest. There's no formula. There's no, there's a million books written about relationships and marriage yes. and raising children. But the truth is, it's like, it's like fingerprints. Every person is an individual they have different thoughts, different points of references. The combinations are endless. So there's no yeah. foolproof plan or roadmap or anything. So is there things I wish I knew coming into this relationship? Sure. I you know, I wish I had the the winning lotto numbers and the answers to the quiz before I came in. But the the truth is that part of Carlina and I's biggest strength is the fight, man. Is the fight. I, I think that we're just both so stubborn. And I think we we fought through a lot in the beginning, sometimes to the point out of spite or just being stubborn, just being like, you know what? I've already invested too much time in you. You're not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's that that I think really bonds Carlina and I like we have this sense that we have already overcome so much. I still feel like I'm young. She keeps saying old and younger people oh getting gosh. into relationships. Right. I still feel like I'm young and I feel like I have our whole life ahead of us. Yes. So, of course, you know, there's things that I wish we could have avoided and whatnot, but at the same time, I'm, I'm I'm grateful for it and I'm thankful for every argument and every, you know, frustration and, and hurdle that we had to climb because it just fortified our relationship and, and made us that much stronger. Yeah, but going through it, though. Going through it is hell, but I mean, <laughs> you know, you know, what, what did Bob Marley say? He said, everyone in the world is going to disappoint you. You have to decide who is worth it. So I planted my flag and I and I made my choice. And I said, you know, I'm not perfect. And I said, whatever it is with this woman, I'm going to make it work. Because believe me, the good by far outweighs the bad. That's pretty dope. And that's awesome. What values have you guys made over the course of... 16 years being together, what values do you hold in high regard and have been the most important for you as a couple and for you as a family? For me, communication. Communication. Mm -hmm. You know, in the in the very beginning, it was like a neon sign. Communication, <laughs> communication, communication. That was the issue in the beginning. It's one of our greatest tools. As far as the children are concerned, I don't care if I feel like I'm saying it too much. I always, I got to verbalize to my children that I love them. 
I love you. Yeah. I love you. I say it as many times as a day. You know, if I have a chance to say it, I say it. I say it to Carlina. It's just really communication, the value of letting each person understand that they matter. They have value. Here's a big one that I never had in my household. As much as I hate it, I make it a point to admit when I'm wrong. I make that public apology. I'll call the family meeting and I'll be like, hey, guys, I kind of flew off the handle about that or I overreacted about that. I was wrong. Just to kind of instill in my kids that when you're in a family unit and you're working together, you have to be able to not only just communicate back and forth what you need, but you also have to feel comfortable enough to admit your flaws, your failures, and when you were wrong, right? It's all a part of this thing that we that we call family. Family itself, I like to stress. I like to stress that, you know, no matter what this world throws at you, you still have your family. So as far as the biggest value, I would say, is family, communication, and honesty. Those would be my top three in, in that order. I mean, I, I definitely agree. Those are things that I've noticed them change and evolve as we've gotten older as a couple and older as a family. And knowing that our children are able to see that, whether they want to acknowledge it or not, you know, we're, we're able to see that they understand in the way that they act, in the way that, you know, they may not own up to their things right away, but they come around, They you know, they always come around to it. The way our children treat each other, you know, we're, we're, see, we're seeing that reciprocation. They're starting to, you know, build their own personalities and stuff, but we, we can still see that foundation in there. That's pretty dope. And that's got to be, you know, something I'm looking forward to. I mean, there's times now with Jace, like we see it. And I'll think like he's not even listening to me. And granted, he's only four. But Carlina, I know you see and we talk like the new generation is like he's four going on 15. Like he's a grown little man. I don't care what nobody tells me. I'm like, that's a grown little man in that in that mind. And I'll think like he's whatever. And then he'll go to my parents' house. And my dad's like, you know, he said this. And was like, no, mommy said this and this and this. And I'm like, really? And I'm like, oh, so he is listening. And Carlina, I remember you telling me that on our first conversation where you were like, you never stop talking. Even if you think the kids aren't listening, you always talk. And I make that a big thing on the communication aspect with Jay. So yeah, it's beautiful to see. And he's only four. So I can imagine when he's, you know, 12, 13 and getting older to kind of see everything we're putting in that it's coming to fruition, the fruits of our labor per se, basically. Even when it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to, you still laid that foundation. That foundation is still there. You know, a lot of time when you look at a house, the foundation that you pour, you could tear the house down. The foundation is still going to be there and you can build something else on there. So to know that we've given our children a strong foundation is extremely important. Yeah. Do you have any advice for any newlyweds or any couples that are kind of getting together? Maybe even they have been in it and maybe they're going through. What What would you say to those couples? So why don't we do two parts? Maybe to the newlyweds out there and to the ones that are kind of in the thick of it and they're like, help me. Like, what advice do you have? You take newlyweds because I have more sage wisdom. <laughs> I'll pull something from old school. The never make decisions when you're angry. I mean, that goes, mm. that goes without saying. Everybody has emotions. And when you're angry, you just want what you want, whether that's to escape a situation, a person, whatever. You want what you want right then and there. So take a breather and don't make any rash decisions. But 
on a little more close to home, a little more personal for couples that are already in it and stuff. And then they might be going through something. Remember what, what made you fall in love with that person in the first place. Never forget that. Then look at what brought you to the situation that you're in now. Okay. Is it something that is irreversible or is it something that can be fixed? You know, a lot of people, they see issues in their relationship and they get to the point where all they see is the other person. They see their partner. In my experience, a lot of the issues and stuff I was angry about, I came to learn through experience that if I looked at myself, a lot of times I would find the solution. Do some self-reflecting, a lot of self-reflecting too, because it's not always the other person's problem. They're not always the reason. Make that choice. At some point in a relationship, and this is just my personal belief, that when you start discussing marriage, a lot of people discuss marriage and they think of everything except for what marriage really is, which is a commitment, a lifelong commitment. At some point, you have to say, okay, I'm not just looking at my partner's good things. I'm looking at them in their entirety, and I'm looking at them in their humanness. I'm looking at them at their worst. I'm looking at them at their best and everything in between. Remind yourself of that so that when you do come into issues, you have to say, hey, I made a commitment, and you have to really sometimes dig deep, but you need to honor that commitment. If you made that commitment, you need to honor that commitment. Lastly, I would say reconnect. You remember what it was that made you fall in love with this person. You've made the choice day in and day out to love this person again and again, because I believe love is a daily choice, right? Take time out to reconnect. Get those two people back that fell in love with each other in the beginning. Find ways. Get through immediate problems. And when you find a chance, if you have busy schedules, make your time to reconnect. To forget work and focus and get past whatever it is. You'll notice that with time, the more things you get through and the more hurdles you get over is the stronger that bond will be. And I don't think easy is necessarily the right word because it doesn't necessarily get easier. But the connection will never stop getting stronger. I feel as much as I loved Carlina at the end of year one, every single year our connection has gotten that much stronger. And I legitimately feel that way. I'm not saying that we're perfect. I'm not saying that we don't argue and we stop fighting. But I feel closer to this woman now than I did last year at this time. It just feels like the more you overcome, not just obstacles. I don't want to make it seem like it's all just bad, right? It's it's good things in there. Otherwise, what's giving you that sure. motivation to, to keep moving forward? But the good times are icing on the cake. But the foundation is really what do you get through together? Even if it's something is like Carlina's going to school, you know, you know, it, it, it's not as simple as just going to sit in the class. You know, she has her job. She has the kids. You know, there's other responsibilities. That's a good hurdle. My admiration for her grows. And I say, look, she did that. Right. So I think you hit on the newlyweds. No, no, and no. You, yes, I you did. The, and you hit on the yeah, and you hit on the couples going through stuff because it's a lot of good information for newlyweds too. You know, just understand if you're in a situation where you're living with the person before you get married, the truth of the matter is nothing changes. Just your last name and your tax bracket. So I know that a lot of people that are living together for a while before they get married they expect that something's going to immediately change. Something is going to be yeah. different. 
And when there isn't, they feel unfulfilled. Continue to look for that deeper connection. Mark and I were talking a couple weeks ago and I was using an example of our relationship saying that it was like a video game, right? And when you're a kid and you're playing video games and you you know that you get the level one, two, three, but then you get that bo- you get to that bonus level that you didn't know was there. Sometimes I feel like we've reached that bonus level because I really didn't think I could go past that feeling of I love you. Your love grows, you know, as you, the, the way you love the person when you say your vows is not going to be the way that you love that person 10 years from then. Your relationship is going to grow and that love is going to get stronger. So the biggest thing that I would say for newlyweds, stick it out. You sit down and you want to play those video games, right? You want to, li- whatever it is that you do, you want to see it to the end. So your relationship shouldn't be any different than that. You you want to see it to the end. And I mean, I guess it sounds a little bit morbid to say you want to see your relationship to the end. Knowing that you can spend your life with somebody and the person eventually is going to love you in spite of how you feel about yourself is an extreme accomplishment. It is. And Mark, it's funny, when you were talking, I was thinking about the new edition song, Can You Stand the Rain? Because I think that's a perfect thing, right? Because it's like, everything is great in sunshine, but it's it's when the rain comes, which is why you were like, look, I don't want to talk about it's all problems, but I think that's a good point because it is unfortunate that we're kind of in that generation where maybe relationships don't stay as, as long as our elders did. And of course, there's other factors. People say it's because the women really couldn't leave. They didn't have work. So that's a whole nother thing. But truth of the matter is a lot of relationships did just stay. They stuck it out. Yeah, it's all fun and, and rainbows. And Carlina, your point too is like, look, you're thinking when you live together, you think the minute you get married, like everything's going to change. Where I think a lot of times, if anything, especially if you did have any underlying issues, they're amplified even yeah, more. They get exacerbated. Yep. Yep. And then it's not as easy to run away. Exactly. So, you know, there's a lot of things to make sure, I, which is why I also am a firm believer, you know, for people to take their time. Of course, some people meet, they fall in love. I think even you, I mean, you guys met things fast. You know, there's always exceptions, but I also believe sometimes people like know who you're getting into because like, as you said, it's not just the good, but it's also understanding who they are as a total package good, bad, ugly, and in between. So hopefully prepare because you don't know how they're going to act when someone does pass in certain things because you don't know until it happens, but at least having that foundation. But you also have to have that understanding too that the person that you met today is not going to be that same person in five years and it's not going to be that same person in 10. So make sure that you're maintaining your connection throughout that whole time because that's how people end up growing apart. Especially like when kids are in the mix, their focus becomes solely on the kids. And I know that we mentioned our family a lot throughout this conversation, but we also take a lot of time. Mark said, you know, we spend 99% of the time on our kids and like that 1% for us, but 1% is really big because we have to maintain that connection, especially with us moving into the, the next stage of our relationship. We've got like, what, six more years And we're going to be empty nesters. Mark was always the one to say, you know, wait till till it happens. You're going to be sad. And I'm like, nope, I can't wait for these kids to get out. But as it's getting closer to that time, I'm starting to feel myself like look around. And it's like I'm looking at all my friends. I see you and you got a four-year-old. And I see other friends who are just having babies and baby showers. And I'm like, I'm about to kick off. I got one out of the house. And I got one down, two more to go. And I'm like... But then what happens? 
you know, yeah. but at least I, I know that my relationship has that foundation that we're going to be able to get through that and that initial shock of being an empty nester. For sure. And I think that's key. And I think that's that's actually important that you mentioned that, which I'm sure we could have a whole nother podcast conversation about that is strengthen, strengthening the relationship. And that's something that Jaron and I are learning to focus because I've been so busy with my endeavors. And like you said, Mark, you know, Carlene is going to school like we, we all have our lives outside of our family and our relationship. And Jaron and I have been making time, you know, for date night once a week. And we're just spending that time. Or as you say, sometimes it's just lying in bed and we're both reading next to each other. And we're just kind of having some connection as opposed to being strangers in the night. Super important. And we're, you know, finding time for that miss as our family, you know, as Chase gets older and, and everything that we have going on. Really quick. Jace will start to value your time together as you and Jaron's time together. Because he's going to understand that that's just a part of how your family works. You know, we do these things with you, but now it's time for mommy and daddy and we're going to have fun. And we have fun with you all the time, but we're going to have fun with us. You know, our kids in the beginning, they used to, why are you going or why are you doing? Now they're like, go, get out, have fun. We'll see you later. Don't get into trouble. And I I think I had told you, Jace had asked us because we went on, on our anniversary weekend and he was like, am I going to have an anniversary weekend one day? <laughs> and I was like, yes, Papi, when you get married. And of course I turn into a whole nother, who am I going to marry? What am I going to do? But then he did, he's like, why didn't I come? And I was like, Papi, because it was our anniversary. So to see the inquisitiveness and of course still not understanding because he was like, but I want to go. And I was like, yes, but it's daddy and mommy time. So that's beautiful to look forward to that of him, him being like, go ahead, you know? Okay. So it's been amazing, but now I want to get into my fun round. Do you guys have favorite books, maybe as a couple or just individually? What do you guys enjoy reading? And if you're not a reader, a podcaster, whatever you kind of like to consume. So for me right now, my favorite books involve government contracting, (laughs) procurement, suspension (laughs) and debarment. I don't really, I honestly haven't had a lot of time to get into recreational reading. Yes, that's definitely understandable. What about you, Mark? The Bible. Love it. Favorite movies and current shows you're maybe binge watching together? So we just finished Yeah, we're, Dexter. Way, we're way behind the curve. But we just yeah. finished Dexter because the new season came out. We figured we'd watch the old one or the old set of seasons. We yeah, just so we that. just finished binge watching Dexter. And then we just finished uh, New Blood. Dexter New Blood was pretty. Was, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah. I don't know if I was happy with the end, but. It's worth it if you like it. So I think now we're going to move on to uh, Ozark. We have the new season of Ozark. Oh, yeah. I told Jaren we need to watch that. We have some TV shows that we're into, but then like we we're like, wait, oh my God, we're going to binge watch. And then we'll binge watch like five shows and it's like one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, listen, I work from home. (laughs) I know. Yes, that's Jaren. I'm like, well, I have stuff, dude. But yeah, but it is fun. It is definitely fun. Who makes up your village? Everybody in our home. Yeah, I know. I know people say it takes a village, but we met in the military. We moved around a bunch of times in the military. And now that we've settled here, it's, I mean, we have communication with our family and stuff like that, you know, and we visit two, three times a year and all that stuff. But really, it's us. It's us. We're our own village. I love it. What is the favorite item in your home? Oh, hands down, my bed. <laughs> my bed. I love my bed. Every time we go on vacation, 
you get to that third or fourth day and all you can think about is your shower and, and your, your bed. bed. Yep. <laughs> yes, for sure. I'm going to have to say my fireplace. I think it's pretty good. Cool. <gasps> and if you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would you go? That's a loaded question because there's quite a few places that we want to go. Right now, someone's like, Mark, Carlina, pack your bags. This is where you can go right now. For me, I'm still going to say China. I still want to go to China. I want to experience the Great Wall. I want to go back to Turks and Caicos. But this time I'd like to fly directly there and not do um, the cruise. But it was one of those places that I saw online and looking at all the pictures and I'm like, there's no way that this is going to look like this. Then getting (laughs) off the boat and it's like, holy crap, I really am in a postcard. That's pretty cool. I've heard great things about Caicos. Never been. I hear it's beautiful. What has marriage taught you? Perseverance. (laughs) And patience. Patience. Yeah. Patience. Yes. That would be my vote. Because... A lot of people say that we start to put conditions on our love and we're like, well, I didn't like when you do that, you know, understanding that just because you don't like what somebody does doesn't mean that you don't love them. That love is always going to be there. You're just not a fan of that person right now. And that's okay. That's a good point. Mark, Carlina, do you have any other final thoughts to the podcast community before we sign off here? To sum it up, I would just say. Before you make that commitment, you you said you you know you're a big advocate of people going slow and getting to know who they're with. I would just say follow that if at all possible. Obviously, I can't preach that as gospel because that didn't that's not how me and Carlina worked out due to our circumstances. But try and get to know the person, and before you make that emotional investment and you make a a, a real commitment to that person, make sure you you you've at least given thought to what that really entails. And once you've made that commitment, you know, stick to it because it is just that. I mean, you'd be a fool to think that you're going to live with somebody every day for the rest of your life and there's not going to be any issues. Yeah, It's life. There's going to be issues. There's going to be ups and downs. You're going to wake up some days and just have a bad day for absolutely no reason other than you just, just don't feel like it. Make sure that that person that you're going to make that commitment to is worth it for you and stick to that commitment because affairs of the heart are not, it really does damage to people. And that's the one thing that I don't think people ever really think about. I think people, they get into relationships with the greatest of intentions and then somewhere along the line, their own wants and needs kind of cloud up the water a little bit. And then they figure they could just cut ties and leave, but they don't really give consideration to the other person's feelings at that point. They're always considering theirs i would say really take things slow know the person that you're going to make the commitment to before you make it and if you make that commitment stick to it i love it carlina any other final words remain focused on the bigger picture the small things don't seem as amplified i love it i love it i love it carlina mark it has been an absolute pleasure to have you both on. Thank you so much for sharing your truth, for sharing your journey with the podcast community. Continued blessings to you both for love and light and talk soon. Thank you so much for having us. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mama's No Best We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out themotherhoodvillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, 
we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for an another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.